Charm Diamond Centers. Okay, not bad, but remember, those three little words carry a lot of weight. Has to say 50 years of a family-owned business. Charm Diamond Centers. Dylan, think lifetime diamond guarantee, unbeatable pricing policy, stores across the country filled with experts who love love. Charm Diamond Centers. 0% interest financing, trade-up policy, easy payments. I need to feel that in your voice. It has to sound like Charm Diamond Centers. Wow, that was really good. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you very much, Letha. Welcome to Oilers Nation Radio, episode 87. It is the Crosby episode, even though he's not an Oiler. I thought this was That's episode okay. 86. Uh, I don't think so. I could be wrong. I have been known Mikhail to not count very well. Delanco. Or Nikita Nikitin. <laughs> no. Last, uh, last week was 86. So we were at the Crosby episode. Uh, of course, I want to start off by thanking our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant out in beautiful Sherwood Park, Alberta. I mean, not today. It's a little bit rainy and gloomy in the City of Champions and surrounding areas, but there's nothing our friends at Sherwood Ford can do about that. What you can do, however, is follow them on social media on Twitter. That's at Sherwood Ford. And on Instagram, it's at Sherwood Ford underscore the Giant. As we've been talking about the last few weeks, they are helping you with your vehicle, regardless of what that means. If you need your assist, some assistance right now, get in touch with our friends at Sherwood Ford, and they will be happy to help. I want to start off today's podcast looking at the NHL's proposed 24-team playoff format that's been making the rounds on social media this week. Tyler, if you could be so gracious and to explain what's going on here, how this works, let's walk through it. Yeah, uh, first off, it is indeed episode 86. I just double-checked that, so uh, let's just make sure we get this podcast started on a factual note. But uh, basically... That means last week I screwed up, too. Oh, really? Well, whatever. Uh, Basically, 2014 format. We've all kind of heard about it. It's going to feature teams getting buys. The top four in each conference get a buy. The final eight play each other in a neutral site. At first, you'd look at the Western Conference and go, fantastic, the Oilers are getting a buy. They're in fourth place. But it's going to be done on points percentage, so Edmonton would end up playing Chicago, and then things would trickle on from that point. If Edmonton beats Chicago in a best of five, they would go on to play the Dallas Stars. It would be done in potentially two hub cities. Elliot Friedman says he wouldn't be surprised if Vegas is one. We all know Edmonton is making a push. Not a lot of news coming out of the Eastern Conference as to who could host there, or maybe they just move everyone to Edmonton and Vegas. Uh, The players are voting on it. Right now, it's expected to, to go through that process. The general sense is it's going to be approved. Um, but Bob McKenzie had an interesting note last night. He went on a bit of a Twitter storm and said that things are the, the conference call that was held was uh, spirited, if not raucous. So <laughs> there's, I, I think there's some differing opinions here from from the players because I mean they don't necessarily want to be locked up for a few months away from their families. Uh, for a few of the guys, but basically 24-team tournament. It features a best-of-five play-in. It's bracket style, so if you win that, you would move on to play whoever the next seed is in your side of the bracket, Um, and it'd be played in two hub cities. I I think, honestly, before we get the takes on that, it's probably better to go through what we don't know compared to what we do know. 
Uh, we don't know if the teams getting buys would be required to play each other or be allowed to play each other to stay fresh. We don't know if the higher seeds in these in this potential system would be given any sort of advantage over the lower seeds. And uh, we don't know how it would affect the draft lottery either. We don't know if, you know, if Chicago eliminates Edmonton, does Edmonton go into the top 10 of the draft? Those are some questions that we haven't really had answered, but seems like that's the way the NHL is going to go. So looking at it right now, the Oilers will be going up against Chicago in this proposed tournament, um, which is interesting considering Chicago barely had any chance of making the playoffs whatsoever. Uh, but they would get into this. And then the weird thing to me is that the Oilers would have to play Chicago in this best-of-five series, and then they would move forward to play the Dallas Stars, who were below them in the overall standings. It's just like it's like a, it's a weird thing. I don't, I'm not going to really complain about it too, too much. I would just be happy to watch hockey again, to be honest. Um, what do you guys think of how it's laid out right now? I just think it's funny that we went from having – uh, we've had, this is what now, the, I think this is like the third layout that they've done. I know it, it has to do with the fact that they're down to two hub cities versus the four hub cities that they were talking about before. Um, but I, I just think that the, it, it just feels unfinished to me and it, it's weird. And I know, I know it's one of those things where the previous format didn't affect us because we had the buy. Um, and because, you know, in all fairness, we could have in in an 82 game season. We still could have overlapped Vegas and been the first place team in our division. Um, so so it made sense for us to be able to compete with Vegas just to see who was top in the division in that previous format. And now we're kind of just like, oh, now we're playing the 12th place team that, like you said, Bagmilk had like a two percent chance of making the playoffs and is now in there. Um, it just feels it feels forced. It just feels like what we talked about a couple couple of weeks ago with the draft that they're just rushing to get done. It's uh, it's just it's it's different. Rick, what do you think about this playoff format? I don't like it. If you're the top three team in your division in the regular in the regular season, you're automatically in the playoffs. There should be no issue with that. There should be the exact same thing here. And then you take your two wild card teams and let them have some sort of play on play in situation with uh, nine and ten, nine you know eleven and twelve, whatever you want to do outside of that. The wild card is a wild card. That's it's right in the name. The top three in all in all divisions get to go. That is just the way it goes. There shouldn't be. I don't. Know, I don't know why we're trying to do this. This this much. Uh, put this much. This many uh, changes into the system. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it's weird, right? It's it, yeah, it's weird. Sorry, go ahead, Tyler. Yeah, I was just gonna say. I kind of agree with Rick. I would go points percentage. Take the three division leaders in in each side, and then I would take those two wild card teams and you know, the two below them, or you could even stretch it maybe a little bit more than that if you wanted to do like a little round robin tournament. But I would try to determine the wild card teams a little bit different in, instead of, you know, kind of penalizing teams that had really good regular seasons and could have finished the seasons really strong. Like Edmonton did have more points than Dallas. Granted, two less games played, but you don't know how the final 11 would have played out. Edmonton could have finished ahead of Dallas in this scenario still, right? Like, it's hard because there's not going to be a perfect system, but I wouldn't mind giving the teams who were closer to being locks for the playoffs a bit more of an advantage other than, congrats, you get to play Chicago in round one of the playoffs, or even in Pittsburgh's case. Like, Pittsburgh was locked into a playoff spot. They were not going anywhere, and now it's like, now you got to go up against Carey Price in round one of the NHL playoffs? That doesn't seem fair to them. Well, and Montreal, again, just like Chicago, was probably going to miss, if yeah. we're being honest. So it's weird. Uh, another one that's funny to me is the Maple Leafs. You could argue that they were, I mean, yeah, they were falling behind some of their divisional teams, but they were in there for the most part. I think it's hilarious that they would have to go up against Columbus, and if they get through to Columbus, they would just have to face off against Boston again. Okay. I think that would be hilarious. Um, but yeah, it's weird. It's It's super weird that this is the way it works. So I guess my next question is, let's say it sticks this way and the Oilers go up against Chicago and they have to get through there. Is there an advantage in this warm-up series? Because yeah, would Dallas so. just be sitting there? Yeah, I think so, Vagnok. I think that's that's the that's the one positive you can take away from it, right? If Dallas is only practicing and isn't able to play games, you're 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 knocking the rust off early. You have the Chicago. Advantage. In Chicago, we get the we get the advantage coming into this series too with us, right? Like instead of if, if 
Chicago's getting the advantage coming into the series with us because if the if the wheels were moving, we're a better team. But yes. from a standstill yeah, position, yeah. it's all of a sudden a lot closer. You're right. Just you know what I mean. So yeah, it we wouldn't have be a fair in our, It wouldn't be yeah. fair in our series first, and then yeah. taking that on to the next series, there'd be another. Uh, you could argue that would not be fair as well. Yeah, we have a disadvantage for sure by being the the higher seed in that in that scenario. But we are talking about the Oilers playing the 12th place team. Yes, I know. I think we we all kind of um, have a you know a fear of Chicago because they are a, a decent team. And they do still have, uh, who's their goalie now? Is it Cam Ward? They, so they have, they have a, oh, they nice. sent Laner to Vegas, right? Yeah, they traded, uh, they traded Laner to Vegas. That's the other thing too. Like Chicago and Montreal, man, those teams were sellers at the trade deadline. Yeah. Chicago ended up getting uh, Malcolm Subban in that deal, if I That's remember right. correctly. But they were sellers at the deadline. And now they have a chance to, they picked up assets. And now they get a chance to push for the cup as well. And there's still that whole, are they still a lottery team? Like, with the Oilers, if they get eliminated in round one, do they still pick 20th, or do they get to pick 8th? Yeah, that's a great point. No one's answered that question yet. Yeah, yeah, so it just kind of feels rushed. So this is why why the players aren't going to want to vote it through. They'll get pressured into doing it to try and play ball to get the the league going. But there's a long time before, even if we okayed everything tomorrow, there's a long time before anyone would go to the hub cities and start practicing. There's no need to uh, to push this and, and not have some of those details uh, ironed out beforehand. Well, to your point, Rick, Elliot Friedman was on 630 Ched today and talked about the 24-team format is not overly popular with the teams or players, but the players are probably going to push it through, like you said, just to, just you to play ball. You can't think anybody on the Oilers would like this. No, They're no, all going to be pissed. Yeah, and no, I can't imagine anybody in the organization top down. And again, the Leafs are in the same boat. Tyler mentioned Pittsburgh. Like, there's a lot of teams that are probably pissed about this. There's teams that are going to be pissed, but then there's also teams like Dallas that are totally on board because all of a sudden they become a all of a sudden they become a top seed yeah. and they got to buy. But you know what? Right? There's so going to be some players on that team too that are sitting there going, "You know what? I really don't want that extra advantage. Like, we don't even like this like for ourselves. They'd be in anyways, right? They don't want that system either." It'll be interesting. There's going to be a lot of players who are traditionalists who are not going to want this. I'm interested to see if there's going to be any players who would, uh, who might just say, I'm not going. Guys from Europe, guys with families, they might just say, you know, if you're like on the, the Marcus Granlund? Yeah, or potentially him. Or like, <laughs> what if you're on the, what if you're on the Minnesota Wild and you're just like, you know what? We're probably not going to go all the way. I'm a free agent at the end of the year. My wife isn't thrilled with me going. Fuck it. I'm not going to play. I'm not getting an extra bit of salary here. You don't get paid for the playoffs. They're doing this to save revenue and escrow, but still. And they're empowered by the fact that other leagues as well are having the same issue, right? Has been very outspoken about the MLB coming back, and that's a superstar in Major League Baseball. So, yeah, I I think that there's probably going to be people that are going to uh, are going to be suspended without whatever because uh, because they don't want to join and participate in this. When, so when their, exactly, their families are going to be at risk. That's exactly Marcus Granlin. He knows they're not re-signing him. He's, there's no point in him coming back. He's already told them. We've told him, we're not re-signing you. Technically, the season's still on. He's still technically under contract to us. So there's no point in him coming back here because he's not going to play for anything. So that's why he's signing the KHL already. One less barrier for Brad Malone to be on the taxi but, squad. <laughs> there's going to be a couple other players in that position too, though. Well, and there's also guys like I'm thinking in our own backyard here. I'm thinking of a guy like Zach Cassian. He has got, I don't know exactly how old his baby is, but he has got a brand new baby. Does he want to leave his kid for a couple of months to quarantine with his teammates or however they're going to work it? Are they going to allow some kind of spouse immediate family rule in there as well? And again, there's a bunch of players that are already over in Europe right now. Getting them back here is going to be a mess. Well, and think, one thing too, just one thing that was that's crazy because we because we're watching you've seen Korean baseball come back and they haven't had many issues, but they uh, Bundesliga come back. The one of the head coaches before they played a game their first weekend, one of the head coaches got suspended because he went out to get toothpaste, went out to a store to get quarantine, and then uh, two or three players from one of the teams tested positive, so that entire team is quarantined. 
And, and like you know, all those situations can happen here too. So and what hey, happened? Hey, what hey. happened there? They just—they're obviously not allowed to play for two that, weeks. They got to, that team is now suspended for two weeks, and then they have to figure out what they're going to do with their game afterwards. <laughs> but it has, it has not. It has not led to a single another case. No. They, yeah, they quarantined right away, and they are testing rampantly in those leagues to try and to try and keep it under control. But yeah, the coach so going is, out to get fucking toothpaste. Well, that's silly. But I mean, yeah, rules are rules. But I mean, that is a. You're seeing that leagues can can deal with this, and if something you know goes up, and quarantine it, keep it all under control. And it's not spreading like wildfire, like everybody assumed it was gonna. But rules are rules, and that's we're talking about a head coach of a team, and each team. What did we say? Tyler estimated it was like seventy personnel, sixty personnel for a team. They, uh, the number I heard was that almost for every player, think there's going to be personnel. There for every player, you got to account for you know head coach, assistant coaches. Video coach, goalie coach, trainer, whole training staff, front office, GM, assistant GM, like everything like that. So if you're accounting for 320 players to be in a hub city, that's probably a little high. 250 in a hub city, get ready for 250 to 300 officials from that team. On top of that, you need league officials. On top of that, you need on-ice officials, right? You need guys who are doing stats, guys working the penalty box, guys doing all that, concussion spotter, like... So much goes into putting on an NHL game, and you need media on top of that too. Someone's got to be covering this thing. There's got to be camera operators, a crew in the truck, all that stuff. Like the hub city. Not needs- to mention, not to mention the infrastructure around the games and around feeding the teams and and taking care of the rooms and cleaning up everything. Like it's janitorial yeah, staff, it's chefs, odd. all that. There's experts in every in- industry there that'll take care of that. I won't. That's not going to be that big of an issue for anybody. Rick volunteers as bartender tribute, but still, um, man, dude, I'm telling you, it's gonna be like it's gonna be like signing up to do like I don't know, like work, uh, work up camp. You know, you're gonna like I'll, next two months, uh, you know, put me into the biodome there, and and that's what I'm doing. I'm I'm working at some sort of service part of the of the whole system. Everyone's gonna have to sign up for this, and I think it's well, gonna, I think they're gonna get them. I don't think it'll be very hard to grab that that amount of staff from this city. No problem. I was gonna ask you all the four boys because I know Rick, you're in. Or the, would Bag Milk or Uremchuk be volunteering for something like that? Um, in terms of like media coverage, if they let, like, I wouldn't quarantine in there. I, that's not something I'm doing. But if they allowed media to go up to press row, I'd be there. Yeah, but you could quarantine in there and still do your whole job. For me, well, I I couldn't. But a writer could. Yeah. Why couldn't you though? Didn't you do it from your house, like the radio spot? Weren't no, you doing I, it from your house? low tides. You were the home. only guy in there. I'm the only guy in there because someone actually has to physically hit the buttons. But like, for okay, example, right. Bob Stoffer. Stoffer could quarantine yeah. in there. He has <clears throat> hookups at in yeah. his press box to do his show from Rogers Place. All that stuff. Um, so certain media could. I couldn't. But if they said, "Hey, there's one entrance for media people. You're going to be six feet apart from anyone else in the media. You can go up there and watch the games." You better believe I'd be there. And dude, you know what? With this, with the way this city's handling this whole situation, um, they're gonna get a lot more wiggle room than some other cities. With it, you have to try really, 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 really hard in order to get COVID here. Like it's not yeah. easy to get it. You have to try really hard. You have to go and search for it. And it's very good that everyone's being extra cautious and whatnot. Um, but what I'm saying is that you can have a little bit of a, you know, one door, one entrance type of situation where media yeah. can come in and out or. Some, some things like that. And you just have them under extra, you know, under extra watch. It's all very possible. What about you, Bag Milk? You cleaning rooms with me? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I would just be, to be honest, I would just be happy doing my normal thing that I always do, which is generally from my house. So for me, I'd, not a lot would change um, other than being able to go hang out on a patio and watch summertime playoff hockey which would be fantastic because I am gagging for a night at the, on the pine patio. Um, Wednesday, buddy, Wednesday. Also, I want to give another shout out again to our friends at Sherwood Ford, the giant out in Sherwood Park, Alberta. Follow them on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. They are posting all kinds of cool stuff across their social media and getting involved in the community because they are fine, fine folks. Before we move on from this topic, is there anything, any idea you guys have that would improve the current 24-team playoff format? Dan, I know you said they're overthinking it or rushing it. Do you have an idea that would better this situation? Well, I, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's, like, it's like Tyler said. It, when, you, when you have the – if you look at the points percentage 
and and maybe they create a, a another hub city where where you have a play in tournament. I don't know what the I don't know what the logistics are behind it, but I get why they're doing it. Like I said, I, I think that it makes sense because because they have uh, the more hub cities you have, the more quarantining you have to do once once the advancement happens, right? So if we had four hub cities, then for the Western Conference Finals and the Eastern Conference Finals, you're going to have uh, you're going to have another quarantine shift, and then and then again for the Stanley Cup Finals. So so doing two hub cities makes sense there. I don't know. It's just it's. Like I said, it's one of those things. It didn't bother me the first playoff format that we saw put out, where where it was going to be Vegas and, and Edmonton, because that was a because that was a positive for the Oilers. Where this is a negative for the Oilers, that's why Leaf fans are upset. That's why Penguin fans are upset. That's why Oilers fans are upset, and that's why Montreal Canadiens fans, as many as the, there are left in the world before they all <laughs> die off, um, are uh, are happy about it. And the same with Blackhawks fans. Uh, according to before I move on to you, Tyler. Before, according to MoneyPuck.com, the biggest loser in the proposed playoff format are the Oilers, who had a ninety-three percent chance of getting in and are now hovering around fifty, considering they would have to do the play-in um, mini tournament, whatever you want to call it. Tyler, go ahead. Okay, I, I have a tweet from Gregor. I want to share with you guys that he just sent out. But in a way, Funny. the Oilers having this chip on their shoulder might actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it might make me enjoy this run a little more. I don't want it to be, like, for me to get invested in this playoff run, I wouldn't mind the Oilers having a bit of a fuck you attitude, right? God forbid we get eliminated in the first round. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you get eliminated in the first round, it sucks, but if they go and beat the Blackhawks, it'll be middle finger. Yeah, yeah, and that too. You could bitch about it if you... you We would jump on that booster bus wagon so fast (laughs) would be funny. Uh, 100%. Gregor says the NHLPA has voted not to receive their final paychecks. Also, while it was not unanimous, he says some top teams don't love the 2014 format, but a source tells Gregor that the NHLPA will approve it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's really like, good civilians. Yeah, I mean, was there ever really any doubt that they would push it through? I mean, you know, I, I understand there's a bunch of guys and teams that don't want to, don't necessarily like what's going on or may not want to play. But at the end of the day, these dudes want to play hockey. Just imagine the public opinion if the league, if the players were the ones that that held up the the train, right? It could happen. There's still, yeah. I mean, like this is just because the players are voting it through. Also, uh, yeah. doesn't mean jack shit really yeah. in terms of whether things actually happen. Uh, just lastly, before we move on, did. Tyler or Rick, either you guys have a way to improve the twenty four team. Turning. I like I like my uh, I like my three top three in each goal, and then you figure out your wild cards with your two and your four or your six teams after that. Yeah, I don't hate that idea either. I think uh, take it by points percentage, top three in each division, and then uh, if you take your six or your five or your four wild card teams and find a way to have them all play in. Uh, but at the end of the day, it sounds like we're going to get playoff hockey back. And I, I've changed my tune on in a bit. I think I'm just going to be happy to watch hockey. So uh, if it's That's this, if it's this current 2014 format, fuck it. Let's do it. Put it on Sportsnet. Let's have a couple beers and wear our McDavid jerseys. Yeah, yeah. I'm not complaining. Let's get the games going here. I mean, this is just for conversation. Yeah, that, to me, that's 100%. The, the, to me, the playoff format makes zero sense. It's all dumb. But at the end of the day, when I get to see Connor do his thing, I'm going to be happy. Yeah, that doesn't and hurt that's my feelings. Don't have to worry about it. No, that, to be honest, that's why I find some of the like the crazy overreactions on Twitter to be pretty <laughs> funny. Like, are you really going to complain that much when you actually get to watch yeah. your team play again? I don't believe so. Um, sticking with uh, Edmonton as a hub city, though, uh, Darren Dreger earlier this week tweeted out. Edmonton is rolling out an impressive lifestyle presentation in its Hub City Quest. Secured golf course, cool temps, outdoor big screens for movies and other games, some fun stuff planned. I'm curious, we're all from Edmonton. I mean, not Dan, of course. We know he's from Nova Scotia. Halifax. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Do you have any other ideas of things that OEG or whatever could include in this entertainment package that maybe they hadn't thought of yet. My personal thought is I was going to include maps to all the Arby's. Maybe we throw in like some passes to the water park. The water park's sitting empty right now. Everybody gets to ride the lazy tube ride. And they can I do it all that, they like. 
I think they should give the players exclusive access once a week to Peter's drive-in. They just shut down Peter's drive-in. You can't queue up on the highway anymore or the on the QE2. You gotta you gotta wait until the next day, and only the players can go into Peter's drive-in. <laughs> I vote Ricky. It would upset Calgarians. Everything's upsetting the Calgarians. <laughs> I'm I'm getting I got a kick out of it just reading the uh, and for whatever reason just reading the comments. Is everybody taking a dump on Edmonton? I'm looking outside going, and anyone who who thinks that about this city really doesn't understand this city. Well, it's always funny. I always find these things funny. A bunch of people that have never been to Edmonton complaining about Edmonton. It's Yeah, okay, it's it's cold in February. We get it. It's not February. It's beautiful here. Um, Tyler, anything that the Oilers or whoever city of Edmonton should add to their entertainment list? Uh, first off, I 100% agree with that, man. Like Edmonton in the summertime, you get a lot of good days. The weather is perfect. Go for a walk. Like anyone who wants to just willingly shit on this city because the Oilers haven't made the playoffs or they think it's minus 40 all year is just a buffoon. Um, but as far as things they could include in this uh, in this proposal, oh, man, maybe they could bring back the prospects and put on a couple games for the prospects. Um, and the doctor Randy Gregg team too yeah and, and team number two which the league is against but Randy Gregg wants uh, or we what we could do is uh, the Oil Kings do this thing once a year where they bring like all the scouts like you know like k- club scouts whatever it is uh, to uh, to the rink not like NHL scouts what's the word I'm looking for like boy scouts you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah yeah they bring them to the rink and then they have sleepovers and put movies on the screen at Rogers Place I'm thinking oh, the, that's fun. the first night there Every team, bring a sleeping bag, sleep on the concrete at Roger's place, put on a nice family-friendly movie, and just let the players hang out, man. Screw that. We're having a wake-up-on. We're all staying up all night long. That's yeah, actually, absolutely. That's how you even the playing field for the teams getting a bye and the teams that get to play. Before game one of the series, the teams that have already played have to stay up for 24 hours. <laughs> it's going to be a whole, whole, lot, hockey. whole lot of biosteel needed after that. terrible hockey. <laughs> All I can see is I just love the idea of 250 NHLers kicking a nice little Segway tour through the River Valley. A nice row of them. Do you know what I mean? All of them at <laughs> once, too. All of them at <laughs> once. This is how you bond. This is how you meet new friends. Let's check out Edmonton's beautiful River Valley. We'll build and, a wall uh, around them, and we'll make Calgary pay for it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um also, I don't understand people waiting in line for Peter's drive-in, but that's <laughs> Neither do completely. I, that is are they still? They're not still doing that, though, are they? Is it still yeah. a big line? Yes, yeah. I'd hope. I don't not. know. I don't get it, man. I, I used to like. We used to play a lot of cal- uh, tournaments in Calgary when I was a kid, and I, it's okay. Yeah, it's, it's a I would, good eat. I would never, but I'll just put it this way: I would never wait in line for three hours for anything. <laughs> yeah. Not nowadays. Let alone, uh, I, I'm sorry to Peter. I'm sure you're a very nice man. Um, and listening. Yeah. And I know you're listening, but <laughs> I would not wait at your establishment for a burger and fries. Unless you um, want to sponsor a podcast. Yeah, of course. <laughs> in, in which case you want to sponsor Oilers Nation Radio. We love waiting in line for Peter's driving. <laughs> well, we no, you just get there right at 10 a.m. <laughs> but then you get the old people there. They're just like, they're already queued up. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's how parking lot parts start. Yeah, well, you do. You get, think about the parties you could have. One more thing about Edmonton, just before we move on. Um, it's been shitty the last couple of days, but the other day I was—I I took Frank out. Uh, if you don't know, and you're listening to this, Frank's my dog. We—I took him for a walk, and it was still light out at like ten o'clock. Mm. Yeah, dude, sun doesn't go down anymore. It's the best. It's the best. Like, this city in the summer is great. Uh, I mean, ideally, we would have all our festivals and shit back, but you know, fucking coronavirus. What are you going to do? We'll trade that for early playoffs. Uh huh. And speaking of trading, I would trade some of my hard-earned Oilers Nation radio dollars to our friends at SkipTheDishes.ca for some delicious to eat. I am looking around right now uh, because if you don't know, on Nation Happy Hour, which goes on Wednesdays and Fridays, we're doing the Nation Donair Championship of Edmonton. So I've been looking around my hood at various Donair shops that I could get involved with. Um, and I got a, there's some people saying a lot of love for chomps out here in the West End. I see that they're on skipthedishes.ca, so I might hook myself up with a Friday night Donair Boys. There's nothing more delicious than having food brought to you. And post-happy hour? Post-happy hour Donair? Does it get better than that? I don't think so. 
I don't think so. So if you want something to eat, you don't want to put pants on, our friends at skipthedishes.ca are doing contactless delivery. They would be happy to help get you fed. Moving on, that brings us to our armchair GM question of the week. Ooh. Mr. Uremchuk, what do yeah. you got? Your armchair GM question this week, and it's uh, I, I've been doing a series on Oilers Nation where I've been uh, digging into some of the big questions that will be facing Ken Holland when he eventually gets to the offseason. And next up on my list that I'll be working on is, is there a player on this team that you think Ken Holland should be looking at buying out to save some cap space? We've seen the team go this route plenty of times with the in the past with Eric Griba, Benoit Pouliot, and Andre Sekera still on the books. Um, it gives you immediate cap relief, but you pay for it down the road. Oilers could use that immediate cap relief this summer to do stuff like sign Ethan Bear to a long-term deal, uh, upgrade the third-line center spot. Maybe you want an upgrade between the pipes as well. So my question to you guys is, is there a player on the Oilers you think is worth buying out? And before you get to your decision, gentlemen, I will, I'm will. i looking at our friends at Puckpedia.com. Mm-hmm. For the 2020-2021 season, they still have Andre Sakara, Sexy Reg is at 2.5. Last year, Benoit Pouliot buyout at 1.3. Uh, Lucic, the retained salary, is kind of in that mix as well. So that right now, the Oilers have $4.583 million in dead space for the 2020-2021 season. So presenting you with that information, Rick, is there anybody on this team that you would buy out? Uh, yes, there are two players I would buy out. But neither one would I actually buy out without the, without the free uh, buyout. There's two guys. There's only two names that are even into the conversation. But if uh, if I was in charge, I'm not buying out either one of them. I am going to walk away, and I am not going to buy out anybody this year unless you get that free buyout. Who who are those two names? Uh, oh, I think it's pretty obvious. It's um it's uh, Russell and Neil. Outside of those contracts, I don't think any other contracts are all that. Uh, I found money. Bad. I found money. Oh, I did a lot of work on my Wikipedia, and I found money in a guy named Alex Chason. Yes, he comes off the books at the end of the next season at two point one million, two point one five million. But if you bought him out this year, he would cost us seven hundred and sixteen thousand dollars, and then for one more year, he would cost you seven hundred and sixteen thousand. So you'd save one point four million dollars on the cap, and I would argue that that. Is going to help you tuck in Ethan Bear neatly underneath his uh, his deal there, and really, you know, there's a, there's a couple farmhands honestly that could replace what Chase on brings to this team. Yeah. Let alone the guys that have been banged up in Nygaard and and uh, the other guys escaping my brain right now. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, you know, like there's there's guys that can fit into that role, play as you know as well as Chase on did this year, if not better, and, and you save yourself one point. Uh, 1.2, what did I say, 1.4? Yeah, 1. so you save yourself 1.4 this year, cost yourself 700K on the cap. Like, I think the caveat for Neil, Chason, and Russell is that you want to do your best to probably trade them before you buy them out, obviously. If you can trade yes. Alex, Chason, and even if you retain 50% of it, you're still saving yourself a million bucks. Maybe you get a fifth or a third, fourth round pick form type of thing, right? Same thing with Russell. If you can retain a million, you'd rather do that then buy him out. Uh, the Russell buyout's interesting because it'll save you a million bucks this year and only cost you 500K next year as well. So Chason and Russell are the two candidates for me because like you said, Dan, I think we have players, especially in Chason's case, we have players that can probably replace what he brings to the lineup. So to me, you put it perfectly, it's found money. To me, I'm looking at this and I'm just looking at dead cap space, like having four point whatever I said, $4.3 million in dead cap space, that is a top six winger or two, you know, a handful of bottom six players or whatever you want to do with it. So I would, I would lean against all of you guys just for this exercise and say, no, I'm not buying out anybody. I think that you could get a taker for Chris Russell. Everybody needs a cowboy. We all you know can, that. Chris Russell's tradable. I guarantee it. I think Chris Russell's tradable. And I think that the play that Holland would do on some of these moves would be to retain salary. I would rather see him try to retain salary on a deal on a guy like Chieson and just have that a one year thing rather than spreading it out into next year as well. Because like, I don't know about you guys, but seeing Pouliot's fucking name on the book long after he's been gone just annoys me. So buyouts annoy me. 
And seeing yeah. sexy Reg there for another three seasons following whatever the fuck this one ends is irritating. And Chieson, I think you'd want to give put give a an opportunity to put him on waivers first. Maybe yeah, someone, there's, somebody there's maybe of, somebody will take him for free. For me, there's a lot of caveats for sure. You try and find a you try and find a deal for a guy if you can't. But it, that's the that was kind of the I just kind of played the exercise of uh, buyout. Yeah, yeah, and, it, it it all makes sense. Go, sorry, go ahead, Tyler. No, I kind of lost my train of thought already. Hey, happens <laughs> for the best of us. All I know is that you're looking at skipthedigit.ca and trying to find some some kind of snack for yourself. You're a growing boy. I am. So, I mean, could the Oilers buy somebody out? Yeah, I don't personally think they should. I think the guys that we mentioned. Oh, I mean, outside of Neil trading James Neal is going to be a tough one. Yeah. Um, though at the same he point, traded I traded Lucic. Well, that was going to be what I was saying. Like, I never thought they were going to actually be able to trade Lucic. So, Uncle Ken may have some weird tricks under his, up his sleeve. Who knows? Um, my personal position is I would not buy out anybody. They just uh, have too much dead space. I remember Agreed. what I remember what I was going to say. Actually, when it comes to trading Chris Russell, and I think I've talked about this before on the podcast, but the interesting thing with his current deal is that it's four million dollars of cap hit. And one and a half million dollars of salary once his signing bonus is paid. And, you know, when you look at the economy right now, it's not great. You know, there are owners who were probably losing a lot of money. And some owners, I'm looking at teams like Florida, Arizona, might be going to their GMs and saying, for this next season, I'm sorry, but you need to cut as many costs as you can. And a guy like Chris Russell, whose $4 million cap it is going to help you get to the cap floor. And his one and a half million dollar salary is going to help you in your books while you still get a good third pairing NHL defenseman. I think that contract is actually surprisingly movable. People look at four million dollars and kind of scoff, and his no trade clause might be the thing that fucks you more than his money. But I, I, yeah, one hundred percent. And when when Chris Russell signed that four by four originally, everybody was looking at this last year of the deal, being like, "All right, they can move him there." which is a weird thing to do on a freshly signed player. But like I was hundred percent right. There are teams that don't have, um, that, that don't have Rexall money. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So there well, are Florida, teams that need to get to the, get to the floor without necessarily wanting to spend that in salary. Florida actually announced that they wanted before this pandemic, yeah, that like they wanted million. to shave 20 minute, 20 million off their books. I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, so I mean like there's a perfect example, but, but Tyler nailed it on the head. The, the pandemic, has changed everything. We don't know. We don't know what owners are thriving. We don't know what, what owners are barely surviving in this kind of thing. Because I mean, a lot of those guys, you know, I, I've heard rich people have liquid money. Do you think any any of the owners who are like pretty much open check have changed their mind now, or if any of the owners who were very budget um, conscious? have changed their mind to open up a check now. I don't think any ownership would have changed even with this whole economic thing. I don't know if they're going to, if, if you had like a team that was willing to sign, to throw money at everything, like the Rangers did back in the early, late nineties, if they would have changed their mind because of it. I don't know. I don't know any owner that's like making hand over fist money from owning an NHL franchise. I mean, oh, no, God, no, God, no, 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 hell no. Yeah. no, all That's their true. money is definitely on the outside in whatever else they do. But I just don't see any owner who is going to be less willing to spend money because of what we've just gone through. I mean, I think that obviously I have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm just guessing. That's but me I, too, by the way. I do, I do believe that during this point, you could get a larger gap between some of the have and have not teams in terms of, oh, like I just said, I'm thinking about the Leafs. The Leafs are always going to be a rich team, always. Yeah. But if we're talking about the Panthers, like you guys mentioned, saying we need to shed salary before a fucking pandemic, <laughs> you might see a widening of the gap between the teams like the Leafs that have the that have the money and a team like the Coyotes that are a more budget conscious team. So maybe, I mean, maybe I'm just thinking greedily. Maybe there's going to be some deals to be had, not necessarily because GMs want to trade players, but because. Uh, owners just be like, I don't want to pay that guy what he's making anymore. It's going to be weird though because nobody really has that cap space to be able to make those trades. Well, and that's another interesting thing too as we look forward at the 2020-2021 season is who knows what the salary cap's going to be. Uh, you know, Tyler read Gregor's tweet that the players are going to forego their last paychecks and you know to deal with escrow or whatever. But like, yeah. we don't we don't know what the cap's going to be probably stay flat at best 
right? There's no way it's going up. I don't think so. There's zero chance it's going up. And it could very well go down. So, again, looking at our last question, Armchair GM, we'll see if they get a compliance buyout because that could also change a whole lot of things. That's when if we get a compliance buyout, man, that'd be huge. For us. Well, and the league also has to consider, too, that the CBA expires in two years. And and they're gonna have they're gonna have negotiations that have to go with those those things and and uh, is the league gonna want to lose a season like they've been so willing to lose before? So I don't know. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see. It's gonna be weird. Uh, speaking of weird, a story came out from the Toronto Sun a couple of days ago from Steve Simmons, uh, where he talked about Gary Bettman seems to want Peter Shirelli back in the NHL and. <laughs> I'll just I'll read the quote for you. For some reason, when we're not sure why, Commissioner Gary Bettman wants former Oilers and Bruins GM Peter Shirelli back working in the NHL. He'd like to place him with the historically dysfunctional Arizona Coyotes. So my question for you guys is, what do you think about the idea of old Pistol Pete coming back, not just coming back as a GM, but coming back as a GM in our division, they want Tyler him to go to. Idea. They want him to go to Arizona so that he can trade Taylor Hall again. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Like it'd be great if he traded Taylor Hall. Be hilarious. What, what, what do you guys think about me, Pistol Pete? Sorry, go ahead, Dad. What this tells me is that Gary Bettman is a chaos theory guy. He loves <laughs> he loves to just have hell raised in his league, and he likes to have that. Like who who can look at at Peter Shirelli's resume? in the last, what, five, six years, including his time in, in Boston, and say, yeah, that's a guy I want running my league, let alone the commissioner of a league being like, that's a guy I want in this league. It's, it's fascinating to watch. I, the weirdest part of that statement, though, from Simmons for me, was why is the league talking about putting people in place in Arizona? Are they still running that team? I mean, that's a very good question, right? Because, I mean, like, uh, what's his name? John Shaka is still there. Like, you know, you'd have to think Shaka's looking at that and be like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> like, he got, like, a little, he got an alert on his spreadsheet or whatever. Yeah. It's just like, wait a minute. Did he say, did he say that, he, that he should be back as a GM or just back in the back in the organization? Uh, that well, is a good question. Uh, the quote is, yeah, it doesn't necessarily specify. But like, okay. you yeah, have like, to think that if Pistol Pete's there, he goes into like the poho position or something, and he's just a natural slide in a GM if they make. Yeah, maybe maybe he's just good for meetings and stuff for like as a president or something like that. He just makes things a little bit easier. But uh, as a GM, hell no, get him the hell away from us. I want I, I want nothing to fucking do with this guy. Uh, you, everything he's done, like all that can come right back and smack us right in the face, and he can steal from <laughs> us too. <laughs> like no, get him away. I want nothing to do with him. Move him out of here. Do like put him in the NBA or something like that. Put him somewhere else. I want him nowhere near us. I'm gonna go the other way. I'm gonna say the Arizona Coyotes should absolutely hire Peter Shirelli because you know he's what? great at what he does. You know what this feels one like one for one trades are wonderful, and I would love Ken Holland to be wheeling and dealing with Pistol Pete. You are you are you are putting uh, Austin Powers in that little cage right now and closing it off. Assuming he's going to fall into the lake with the sharks. That's exactly what you're doing. He's going to get out of there. He's going to come back and kill you in the long run. Get him the hell out of here. What get him the hell out of here. Tyler, have you ever seen the Austin Power movies? Pardon? Yeah, actually, I have seen the Austin Power movies. When Dr. Evil puts... Yeah, exactly. When Dr. Evil puts it, he makes him and her walk into there, and they close the door, and his son's like, no, let me get the gun. We'll shoot him right now. It'll be great for us. He's like, no, no, this is what we do. They close the damn door, they get out, and they end up winning the battle in the long run. I do not want that here at all. Get him the hell out of here. Grab <laughs> the gun. Let's end this right now. Rick is all about shooting. <laughs> get him the hell. I do not want that coming back and biting us in the ass. Dan, what do you think? I love it. I think it's. I think it's great. I think it'll be. I think it'll be a ton of fun. He's he's a really good GM, in Arizona. He's made a lot of good choices. <laughs> Uh, just don't have him signing the deals. That's the only thing, right? You want him to sign some free agents for, for some just, or you want somebody else to sign the free agents and 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 the guys that are restricted on his team because because that's one thing he's just not very good at. Um, but yeah, definitely get him swinging your deals, signing off on on big contracts for guys that you've had for for half a season, that kind of thing. Tyler, last word. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's whatever. The NA, Gary Bettman can say all he wants. I guess with Arizona, maybe he has 
a little bit more pull, but yeah, if he, I guess if he really wants Shirelli and he's putting in a good word, like we know the NHL is a little bit of an old boys club and that might be a little bit of an understatement. Well, so I'm sure he'll be back. I just threw up the poll on our uh, Oilers Nation radio Instagram. Go vote on it. Will Shirelli be working in the NHL in the next 12 months? I vote yes. In what fucking world can a guy that runs a league that has nothing to do with any of the teams say that he wants a guy to have a job? It's just, it's bizarro. Hire him at the league, Gary. You know what I mean? Weird. Everything that the NHL does is weird. Uh, like yeah. Tyler said, a little bit of an old boys club. <laughs> that's just big business stuff, so that's everywhere. Yeah, that's true also. Big corporations uh, anywhere, it's all the same thing. Next up, I want to look at... Um, so Cam Lewis on Oilers Nation is doing the best and worst trades in Oilers history. So he's walking through. Um, there was the Roman, Ham- Roman Hammerlick trade. Uh, today he looked at Cujo. I just kind of wanted to ask you guys really quickly, what is your personal favorite Oilers trade that you can remember? And also, what is your worst personal trade you can remember? Um, so we're going to start with the negatives. Dan, if I'm looking at you, if you're just thinking off the top of your head, looking around maybe, which Oilers trade did you hate the most? Uh, hate? I think, I think for everybody in its recency bias, definitely. Uh, it's probably going to be the Griffin Reinhardt trade. Um, the you know it's one of those trades that just continues to continues to roll on and and break your heart uh, nonstop. Um, yeah, that would be, that would be my least favorite. Do you want me to give me my favorite as well? Yeah, hit me. My favorite trade. It's 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 such a minor trade, but I just I thought it was so funny at the time because it was one of those trades where the Oilers just got off like like. Uh, gangbusters it was um Yaroslav Spachek we got Yaroslav Spachek from the Chicago Blackhawks for a guy named Tony Salmalainen who uh, I think it was, a the, little, it was the it was the right NHL rights to Tony Salmalainen it wasn't even it wasn't even the player they had to sign him afterwards um but yeah the, that trade Spachek played such a such a good role for the team during that 2006 playoff run. I mean, a lot, you could say a lot of Kevin Lowe's little tweaky trades there, um, including the, the, uh, the Dwayne Rollison trade, which is a little bit bigger, uh, were important, but I, I just loved the, that one. And then even the Corey Cross deal there for Dick Tarnchuk. Tyler, if uh, you're looking at your worst and your best Oilers trades, what comes to your mind? Well, from like a personal perspective, we can just stick in the last year almost for me. Lucic for Neil unbelievable. I, I love watching James Neal. I was so happy to see them flip Lucic into a goal scorer. And uh, seeing Sam Gagne go at the deadline, it made hockey sense. But for me personally, my heart hurt seeing Sam Gagne get traded. Uh, as I go through the Oilers trade history here, how about this one? And credit to Peter Shirelli, Ben Scrivens for Zach Cassian. I mean, that one yeah. right there, that, that changed this franchise big time. Um, so if we're going back through the last couple of years, I, I think those two kind of stand out. It's Neil for Lucic and Scrivens for Cassian. And Scrivens for Cassian at the time, I mean, I wasn't exactly a big fan of it. I was like, yeah, it's, it's a nothing trade. You're trading a goalie for a guy who probably won't even play in the NHL again. But the Oilers gave him another chance, and uh, it, it really, really worked out for him. So recent memory, th- those are kind of the ones for me. Rick, what's your best and worst? Uh, so the worst? You know, growing up uh, throughout the 90s and whatever, you'd have something you really liked, you really liked, and it got taken away from you. So a couple from there were Doug Wade and Cujo. Trades you knew were coming, but they were a kick in the dick, man. Those ones those ones were really tough ones to – those ones are tough ones to handle. And then obviously nowadays having uh, – moving my buddy Davey out of town a couple times kind of sucked. But, uh, yeah, um, the biggest one coming in, uh, dude, it had to have been Pronger. Like I remember, they announced that at like huge trade, dude. They announced that at like ten o'clock at night or something. Like it might have been later than that. I was sitting at home and I was just flipping around and on on the score and the ticker popped up. But things were different back then. You didn't have Twitter. You didn't have your phone on you like that. Popped up on on the score ticker there, and I sure I just started making phone calls and shit. But seeing that we got Pronger right then, uh, that was it was crazy, dude. That, was, that meant we were at something at that point. 
Yeah, I mean that pronger trade obviously was franchise changing, and, and then we got Pekka. It, the, we got Pekka the next day, I think, too, right? Which is, you're never, having so much fun, and then they put a little more uh, icing on the cake. And my God, what going into that season was crazy. I'll never forget that press conference too outside of the OEG oh, office near Kingsway. There, you? yeah, it was the best. Uh, for me personally, um, my big kick to the dick trade is obviously the Ryan Smith one uh, to the New York Islanders. That one hurt. That one, like that one, cut me at my core. Um, no offense to Robert Nelson, I'm sure he's very nice, but like, good lord, and the, all the <laughs> drama around that one. Do you remember, like Ryan O'Mara, man? He was going to be something. Yeah, and then even I was just going to say, Dan, like Sportsnet had Eklund sitting in on tra- on dead uh, deadline day that year, and he's like, the Edmonton Oilers just signed Ryan Smith to a five year extension, and then literally ten minutes, oh no, he's traded to the Islanders. So that was like. A that very... seemed like such an ugly negotiation, too. Yep. Yeah. Like that, the... if you, I'm sure if you saw the insides of that, that would have probably been heart wrenching watching that because it felt like I think if you look back, I think they say they they had a deal, then there was a phone call made in, and somebody called somebody, and there's no no now there was no deal. It was crazy. Uh, another honorable mention in the shit stained trade history of the Edmonton <laughs> Oilers was uh, Strom Strom for Spooner. That one is just. I mean, obviously, I got some hindsight on that one, but good lord, was that one bad? Although we did get Sammy Gagne back after, as go. a result of that. Can so, I? But yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was just reading through the Oilers' history. Can I share with you guys a couple of random trades that made me smile while I flipped through here? Just one. I want to get to my Ooh, my okay. favorite one of my favorite ones, just in case you hit it. Um, again, I, I have to give Peter Shirelli credit for this one when he traded Martin Gurnat in a fourth round pick. For Patty Maroon. Yeah. Um, that worked out very, very well for the Oilers in, in his time here. He ended up slotting in next to McDavid, scored 27 goals for this team. He was a fan favorite. People chanting Maroon. The, the, his, the way he loved scoring goals, uh, his kid in the stands, everything about that was great. Um, so that one deserved a little bit of love. Tyler, go ahead. Uh, just flipping through here, they actually got quite the haul for Mike Comrie, hey? A first, a third, and Jeff Wojcicki. Uh, yeah, I, I don't mind that return. But okay, there was a few here that really caught my attention. They once got a second round pick for Dennis Krebishkov, flipping him to the Predators. Are you kidding me? Uh, that yeah. one was good. Acquiring that was Ali- the first time we traded him. Yeah, acquiring Alish Kodalik. I had totally forgot cool. that man was an Edmonton Oiler. And you know, <laughs> everyone likes to focus on that Chris Pronger trade in the off season of 2006. But they made another big trade that off season when they sent a third and a seventh round pick on the draft floor to the Atlanta Thrashers for a third round pick. You know who they got with that third rounder? Ooh. Theo Peckham. So, I mean, Pronger oh, out. Peckman. Pronger oh, out, Peckham Peckman. in? I don't mind that. <laughs> and we're all forgetting the Gretzky trade, of course. What? Well, I mean, that goes without saying. <laughs> yeah, it goes without saying. Thing. That was just like a... They trade. Yeah. I mean, well, who's got who's got the Messier trade in front of them? Isn't that thing still giving? Isn't that thing still putting out? Uh, Actually, uh, yeah, it turned it, it, into it, 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 uh, this year again, didn't it? Turned it into turned Spooner. into which it turned into Spooner, which turned into Gagne, which turned into Athanasius. Oh shit! Yeah, we that thing's Bernie. gonna go for a while now. Yeah, yeah, man. So yeah, watch Cam Lewis again. Uh, he does trade trees on. That's, yeah, that that, that tree's getting a little thicker there. We're gonna have something coming out of this. It almost died. That trade got, tree almost died. So. It, got, it, got, it needed some water and some love. But we're back, baby. We're back <laughs> with Athens here. We'll see what happens with him. He is a restricted free agent, but we'll see. Um, we only got a few minutes left in this week's podcast, so that means it is time for Tyler to get his buttons ready. Hello. It, is, it is the Oodle Noodle Hot and Cold Performers of the Week. And since there is nothing necessarily going on in the world of sports outside of voting on playoff formats and blee, blue blah, blah, blah Let's look at our personal lives or whatever else you want to talk about. As always, we start with the veggies. Nation Dan, checking in from Lloyd Minster, Alberta side, your Oodle Noodle Cold Performer of the Week. It's all the assholes shitting on Edmonton right now. If you fucking have anything bad to say about Edmonton and you've never been to this city, you can sit on a tack. I love <laughs> Edmonton, and I, will, and I will defend this city until the end of time. I've always said that unless you were born and raised here, you don't truly get Edmonton, but it's uh, it, it's just it's the best damn city in the world. That's a fact. You can look it up. 
and uh, and and everybody that says says negative shit, it's all just like it's all just surface nonsense. It's like, oh, the grass isn't always green. Like, shut up. Go go enjoy your life in Calgary. Get out of my face. All the people that shit on Edmonton, you're my cold performer of the week. I know it's a cold performer, but I'm going to give you this one. Oh, that was well done. Well done, Dan. It's, it's like I said, all these people shitting on Edmonton have clearly never been here and never been here, especially in the summer. This city is fantastic in the summer. Um, Mr. Rick, your Oodle Noodle Cold Performer of the Week. I'm going on construction right now. I live downtown, and uh, I don't know if you guys have been on, I don't think you have, but Jasper Ave right now is it's ridiculous. Uh, everything, I know this happens all the time, but it's, it's super bad right now. So this is going all the construction out there. Oh. <laughs> Mr. Yaremchuk, your Oodle Noodle Cold Performer of the Week. It's myself because I had a absolutely fire sound clip to add to my repertoire, and I forgot before we started recording, so I have it written down, and part of my surprise for next week is that I will debut some new sound clips for Hot and Cold Performers, so I apologize for that. Yeah. I hope it's Dem Arby's boys. Oh, that's so good. Look at his face. At that's what it is. I know it. Wheels up. Bush. Wheels up. Skr, skr. Oh, man. I love that clip so, so much. I watched it probably 30 times. It's so hey, can funny. Can we get him to cameo something for us? Yeah, we probably should get him to cameo something for us. Them Oilers Nation yeah. Radio Boys. Wheels up. Oh, man. <laughs> what a masterpiece. Uh, looking at... My cold performer of the week for Oodle Noodle is the oddness of the 2014 playoff format. Oilers were very firmly in second place in the, in the Pacific Division. You would think that would cement them in the playoff picture, but somehow we've got to pl- get past Chicago just to make it into the playoffs. I don't know how that works. I don't know how they were throwing darts at the board to make it happen. I don't care because I want to watch hockey. I'm happy about hockey. But having a play-in when you were in the playoffs, I don't know, man. Cold performer of the week. Of course, throughout this pandemic, our friends at Oodle Noodle are donating 10% of all takeout orders to local charities and initiatives. So go into any of their 13 locations around the city, get yourself something to eat, and also know that you'll be doing it for a good cause. Uh, Pivoting to the dessert side, Mr. Nation Dan. Your well, little hot performer of the week. All it took was a, a little trip to Lloydminster to bolster my civic pride. But the hot performer of the week is is threefold for me. It's the province of Alberta, it's the city of Edmonton, and it's the OEG group for having figured out and come together to put together this great hub city perform- proposal that will hopefully be one of the things that we can look back on fondly for years to come that the city of Edmonton was able to bring back NHL hockey. They figured it out. We've, we've done our, we've done our gift baskets to Heatley. We've done our, we've done all of our, all of our mistakes when we're trying to sell this city to people, but we're doing a great job right now. So props to the, to the province of Alberta, the city of Edmonton and OEG for having been able to put together this big, uh, this big proposal to become a hub city and bring back hockey. Put some respect on my name. I hope. I wonder if they sent out uh, the Heatley DVD to everybody. <laughs> if ever there was something, I don't know what it would take, but we need to see that fucking Heatley DVD. Yeah. I would love to know what was on it. <laughs> if I'm going to add a second cold performer of the week, is that I have not seen the Heatley DVD. Oh, <laughs> uh, you Rick, have connections. Go. Yeah. <laughs> Flex, Tyler. Uh, Rick, your Oodle Noodle hot performer of the week. Well, I'm going back in the in the history here. We're going back to the 80s, and uh, I'm going to thank one and only Dr. Randy Gregg. Uh, he's helped secure baseball in our uh, in our TELUS or Remax field or whatever it is these days. Um, I love having baseball in this town. We have a great stadium over there, and the fact that it's now secure for another 10 years with maybe one more team, fantastic. So thank you, Dr. Randy Gregg. Cash money. We've talked about this a bunch of times, but there is nothing better than sitting at the baseball diamond. Do we have the box? 
Oh, well, oh, ooh, the good question. Good question. <laughs> we, we don't know that. <laughs> we will have to work on that because there is nothing better than sitting in the nation box right on the first baseline. Having a beer in the sun, it's the best. Best. Mr. Uremchuk, your hot performer of the week. I'm going to the Real Life Podcast here specifically. I want to give some love to Mr. Sam Gagne, who joined us on the other Nation Network podcast this week. Uh, he was a great guy. We lost phone connection with him twice. He promptly called back both times. He gave us great answers. We had a good chat about his dad's business, about how much he loves Edmonton, why he loves Edmonton. And then he left us with the uh, the little teaser of, I love being in Edmonton, and you never know what the future could hold. So big love to Sam Gagne for uh, joining us on the show. I don't know. I don't know why I played that. Yes, way. yes. Hot night, Joe. Good for you. Um, just he wasn't before I get sure to, about that, though. Just before I get to mine, Tyler, uh, when did you know, find out that Sam Gagne was on the show yesterday? Like a week a week before that? I found out literally right before we started recording. Gagne called me. He's like, he's like, by the way, get a question ready for Sam Gagne. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's just like, yeah, we're interviewing Sam Gagne today. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, anyway, Sam Gagne, great. Go check it out. Download the Real Life Podcast wherever you get your podcast from. My hot performer of the week. I've been complaining about the siding on my townhouse complex for a hundred years now. It's still not done. I'm still not allowed to park in my spot. So what that means is I have to park on the street. And what that has forced me to do is improve my <laughs> parallel parking. Uh-huh. It started off it started <laughs> off bad. It started off horrible. In <laughs> fact, I tried to do an attempt. There was a lady walking her dog. She saw me do like a 10-point turn into this stupid parking space. Last night, I got back from grabbing something to eat. One go. Smooth in there. Pulled forward probably six inches from the curb. It was a masterpiece. So my hot performer of the week is going to my parallel parking skills that have improved by at least 300%. That was hot. That's hot. It's super hot. And uh, lastly, again... Tyler said it. I said it. Download yesterday's episode of the Real Life Podcast. Sam Gagne had some great stories. And one thing, too, he tells a story about having a beer with Joey Moss at the end of uh, the interview. It warmed my heart. To hear him say glowing things about Joey Moss was exactly what I needed yesterday. He was fantastic. Just like the three of you are fantastic for giving us an hour of your Friday. And everybody that is downloading and listening to this podcast, please subscribe. Please rate. Please tell a friend, cousin, a coworker, whatever you got. Weather's Nation Radio episode. I'm pretty sure this is 87. Otherwise, we screwed something up going back into the 70s. Because I was scrolling back on the site while you were talking. So we screwed up something somewhere. I don't know where it's at. I'm calling it 87. Tyler's calling it 86. 86 and a half. It could be 86 and a half. Thank you from all of us. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're 
so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up, because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Face-Off Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes, because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.